You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Hi, everybody. Wherever you're watching from, we just want to extend a heartfelt welcome to every one of you. I know that over the last four to five weeks, our world has been completely different, but it's given us an unprecedented opportunity to actually go into many homes and places. And, you know, I think we're in over 140 countries over the last month. And so wherever you're at, whichever country, whatever language or situation you find yourself uh, in, we just want to extend a heartfelt welcome to all of you. And I uh, hope you enjoyed our Easter last weekend. If you missed out, it's still online. It's on all our platforms. So I encourage you to check that out. But I really have a word that I want to share. Here we are. We find ourselves in the middle of April, getting towards the second half of April. Like this was fun in March. Maybe not fun, but there was an adventure around, wow, what's happening? Now we're in this about a month. and. I believe no matter whether you're going through a really tough time because of where you're at or whether you're still in the situation of, man, it's just quarantine, it's getting tight with the kids in the home, it's getting hard with the the, the lockdown or whatever your country's going through, whether you're in Africa, Asia, the Middle East, in Australia, New Zealand, in, in, in North America, South America, wherever you're at, we are all in the middle of this thing together. And the word is storm. The, the right word is storm. And you know, the reality is there are clouds hovering. There are situations looming. We don't know when it ends. We don't know how it's going to end. And yet God's word provides hope. It, pro- it provides light and it speaks into our situation. Do you know, Jesus, who we celebrate every day of our lives, but specifically last week, the Bible says in John chapter one, that he was the Word in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He became flesh, it says in verse 12. And when Jesus became flesh, God Himself, it's not a teacher, it's not a philosopher, it's God in the flesh, fully God and fully man. The Bible calls Him the eternal Word, the creative Word, the living Word, the light and the life of God was in Him. And yet as a man, in the context He was in, There were at least two storms he found himself in. And I want to look at that because I think we can learn from both storms that we find Jesus in with his disciples. And you might feel like there's clouds hovering. I want to declare there's life yet to be lived and there's peace yet to be had. But let's go to the storm because that's what we're in right now. Matthew chapter 8 verse 23 is the first account. Here's what it says. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. So the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Don't take for granted the reality in a natural sense in that day is not dissimilar to what we find ourselves in this day. 
Jesus is asleep when everything is going crazy. He had peace in it because he had power over it. And I want you to know that if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, Jesus is not only in your boat, he's in your heart, he's in your very being. He doesn't dwell in temples. Yes, every church building was empty last week, but the tomb is empty, but our hearts are full. And he's in the middle of the storm and you can have peace in it because he's given you power over it. And though the storm is crazy and it has various effects, we find Jesus mystified at the disciples' panic. Do you know, I understand that the world's in panic, markets are in panic, people are in panic, but a believer who knows Christ should not be in panic. That's not to criticize the fact that we all have temporary reactions to the situations we find ourselves in, but to be in constant fear. A Christian in constant panic is a believer who doesn't know who's in his boat. God is in your boat. All the Bible study and all the church counts for nothing. All the deep revelation and the deep teaching we go after. What does it mean if we go into the same fear and panic that the world goes into whenever the storm arises? And Jesus goes, don't you know I'm here? Oh, you have little faith. And everything goes back to normal. And they're in awe because nature is subject to his word. And he speaks the word and it literally changes. A few chapters later, we find ourselves in another similar situation, the second of which describes the storm Jesus found himself in with the disciples. It says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Here we go again. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, fair enough, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Wow. You know, both storms represent the reality we are in. On the surface, both storms sound similar. There's a few differences, some minor, some significant. The first storm, the disciples chose to get in the boat. They followed him. The second storm, the Bible says Jesus made them get in the boat. Whether you find yourself because of your own decisions in the storm and the weather's crazy, or whether it's 
you feel like you've obeyed God, you've just done what, you've done the right thing and you find yourself in the storm. Not just coronavirus, but any storm we go through. Sometimes it's our own doing, sometimes it's just where life has taken us. But either way, the miracle is that Jesus is in the storm. Another difference, Jesus is in the boat in one storm, he's walking on water in another storm. And whether you feel he's right there in your home, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, or whether you feel like he's just more around and he's out there, See, they were terrified in both cases. The first time they were terrified of the storm. The second time, maybe they got used to the storms. Maybe storms just felt like part of life. Maybe we're now used to what we're going through. I don't think so, but whatever it is, the second time they're scared of the ghost. They're not scared of the storm. The Bible doesn't say they were scared of the storm. It was crazy, but they're scared of the ghost. I mean, I don't know which is scarier, a bad storm that kills you or a ghost that scares you to death. But either way, they are terrified. And here we find another difference. You know, whether Jesus is sleeping or Jesus is walking. Some of you feel like God is asleep right now. I want to tell you God is, you might think he's asleep, but he's real and he's alive and he's moving. Easter showed us that God is not dead, he is alive. And whether you think he's moving on the water or he's asleep in the boat, the comfort that we all take is that Jesus is in both storms. Don't compare storms. I know some countries are worse than others. Some families are worse than others. Some people are struggling worse than others. Let's not compare storms. One storm and the other storm, there are differences that we're going through. There are challenges we're going through. But at the end of the day, Jesus in the boat is the difference. You know, here's another point and it's very significant. The first storm calms because Jesus spoke to the storm and he commanded a miracle. And the Bible says suddenly there was a great calm. The second storm it does not say that Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. It kept going. He walks them back to the boat and then the Bible says the wind ceased, but it does not say Jesus made the wind cease. Do you realize to everything there is a season and a time, including this pandemic, and the time will come, whether God supernaturally ends it or whether the passing of time ends it, there is still an end to this. And you know, there are times where you and I go through challenges and God will literally move the mountain. Other times he'll give you energy to scale the mountain. And whether God is giving you grace to speak to the challenge in your life or is giving you the grace to walk through the challenge in your life, this storm is real, but I'm not here to glorify a storm. I'm here to ask you to keep your eyes on the God who is with you in the middle of a storm. Maybe you're not a believer and you just tuned in because someone shared a link. Maybe you've been curious and you've watched the last few weeks. Everybody is included. You don't have to have a history with God. You don't have to have a genealogy of faith if your heart is open. See, the Bible says in both storms, they cried out and he answered. They cried out and he answered. And what we find is in both storms, there's one simple truth that I just want to leave with you today that I believe will strengthen you, help you, and cause you to not waste the storm that we're in. The first storm is where Jesus is asleep. Now, do you know, let me tell you a bit of background. About September last year, about when we're praying about 2020, I promise you none of us saw coronavirus coming. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, I'm, just, I'm like, Lord, what is the word for our church? Well, what's the word? Every, last year was revival and we saw phenomenal fruit and impact. And I felt the Lord say the word. And I remember talking to Jemima and some of the team. And I no, the word is powerful because the word is living. It's active. Jesus is the word. But it just, I'm like, okay, all right, the word. Maybe I thought we had to go deeper in the Bible. That's why in our connects, we're going to scripture. And I, and I am concerned that, that, that we know about God, but we don't know God, that we know some stories, but we don't know the word. And so the word seemed like a great title, but you know what? Now in the middle of the storm, 
The word is the anchor that keeps our soul sure and steadfast while the billows roll. Do you realize that the word of God is the only thing that doesn't change? When laws are changing, when rules are changing, when governments are changing, when countries are changing, where everything's in chaos, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word stands forever. The Word of God is a solid rock. It is a two-edged sword. And it is the one thing we need in this season more than ever. I didn't realize, nobody realized what was facing us in March and April this year. And yet maybe the reason the Word needed to be the season and the declaration over your life and mine is we needed to hold on to the only unchanging thing. Every other fad, every other phase, every other situation will come and go. And the Word remains forever. So I want to encourage you in this season, go deeper in the Word. Hold on stronger to the Word. But what I love about this first storm is that the Bible says he who is the word is in the boat do you know the word is in your boat the word you probably got a Bible on your shelf you probably got access online to something but the Bible is asleep in some of our lives and what they do the disciples in the middle of their fear with the storm they wake up the word and that's what I want to encourage us to do in this season. Let's wake up the Word. Let's wake up the Word in this season. Let's declare that the Word is not going to be asleep on our shelf. Let this storm do what it wants to do and let's wake up the Word because the Word is the way out. The Word is what gives us life. The Word is what gives us eternal assurance. I want to encourage you, maybe you're a Christian, but really you've never really woken up the Word. This is the season to wake up the Word. If a storm won't cause you to wake up the Word, what on earth will cause us to wake up the Word? Let's decide not only to get deeper and theoretical and let's look for arguments over Scripture. No, no, no. Get to know the God of the Word. Wake up the Word because He's in your life. He's in your boat and yet asleep it won't do you much good but if we wake up the word he who is the word will start to move on our behalf and the word will do the work and the word will bring calm I really believe that this is the season where we're going to come out of it and there's going to be believers with a new hunger for the word a new desire for the word a new depth in the word and I just want you to receive that declare that and in fact even right now say God awaken the desire for the word help me to wake up the word I've always talked about it I've got plans for it but Lord wake up your word in me let me have a desire for it and the second storm teaches us the second point which is it's one thing to wake up the Word, it's another thing to walk out the Word. And the second storm teaches us to walk out the Word. See, it's one thing to wake it up, it's another thing to actually live it out. Do you realize obedience is what gives the Word power in your life? Do you realize waking up the Word won't do much for you unless you live it out? The Bible says, Jesus told in Matthew chapter 7, a parable in, involving storms, and it goes like this. He who hears my Word, he who wakes it up, and puts it into practice. It's like a man who built his house on the rock. What happens? The rains come, the floods descend, the winds blow and beat against the house. But what happens? In the middle of the storm, it stands strong. It stands up for it was founded on the rock. What's the rock? The rock is obedience. The rock is application. I wonder what God is challenging you about that you know. You might have read this book cover to cover. You might know Greek, Hebrew, Latin. You might be able to recite the order of the books. You might even know a few verses off by heart. That's not really the issue. The issue is, are we putting it into practice? Are we walking out the Word or did we just merely wake up the Word? Do you know, uh, the, 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 the parable goes on to say, and he who hears my Word and does nothing about it, does not put it into practice. I know, God, what you say about sexuality. I know what you say about 
finances and giving. I know what you say about forgiving and about having to release my relatives from the, from the pain they've got. I know what you say. I know what you say, loving your enemies. I know what you say, give to the poor. I know what you say. But he who does not put it into practice is like a man who built his house on the sand. The Bible calls it a foolish man. The winds came, the floods arose, the winds beat against that house, just like these storms, and it fell and great was its fall. Do you realize you could have gone to church your whole life, but what determines whether you and I are standing in the storm is not whether we've heard the word, but whether we've done the word, whether we're walking out the word. And you know, I know it's challenging times for all of us and at varying levels, but again, because we're not comparing storms, I just want to speak into your situation. Here you got Peter sitting in a boat and he's like, we're all terrified. It's a ghost, is it God? And he, and, and he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And he hears a voice. I want to declare that you can hear God's voice in this storm. I want to declare that I don't care how heavy it feels, God's voice will still pierce through the thunder. It will still go through the lightning and you will hear. If you know your father, you will hear his voice in the storm. And he hears Jesus say, come. See, in the first storm, Jesus brings calm. In the second storm, Jesus says, come. Whether he calms your storm or he calls you to walk in the storm, either way, he's in the middle of the storm. And in the second case, Peter gets up, having heard the voice of God, does what seems crazy. How many realize it's crazy to walk on water even when it's calm, but it's no more sensible or less sensible because walking on water is impossible, whatever the conditions. But when it's this bad, Oh my gosh, and he steps out of the boat. And maybe God is calling some of you to step out of the boat in this season and do things you've never done before. And Peter starts to take steps. And the Bible says he began to walk on water towards Jesus. But then it turns, it turns when it says this. It says in verse 30, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous. Maybe the wind's feeling boisterous in your life. Maybe the winds are now getting out of control. Maybe now... It's starting to feel like, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, I took a step out with my business. I took a step out with my family. I, I took a loan out at the start of 2020. I thought you were going to expand my territory. I thought you were going to grow this in my life. Uh, and now here, I've got a mortgage, God. I don't know what your situation is. And now you feel trapped. And now the winds and the waves. The Bible says when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Do you know? If God is calling you to walk out in the middle of the storm, walk out your faith, walk out your love, walk out your grace, walk out your forgiveness, walk it out, but keep your eyes on Jesus. I know, in fact, some of you watching this right now, you might be feeling a little nauseous. That's a sign you're looking at the wind and the waves. Keep your eyes on God who's in front of you and you will hold your peace. Peter turned and he sees the wind because it's crazy. The markets, it's crazy. The jobs, what the governments are saying, the coronavirus death toll. He's seeing the pandemic, there's no vaccine. Oh God, when is this going to happen? I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. And he sees the wind and the waves and the Bible says he begins to sink. Do you know, this is the real challenge for us in this season. If we're going to walk through the storm, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12 doesn't tell us to glance at him. doesn't even tell us to look at him. It says to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher. He didn't just bring you on this journey. He's going to take you through to the end. 
fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured a cross. And while storms are raging around you and I, fix your eyes on Jesus. Maybe this is the time to hone our focus. We've got to ignore some things. We've got to delete some messages. We've got to block some things. We've got to not look at some things. We've got to read the news, but not meditate on it. But we've got to meditate on the Word. Meditate on the Word. Who is the Word? It's Jesus. We've woken Him up, but now let's walk it out by keeping our eyes. It's one thing to say, I'm going to walk on the Word, but it's another thing to keep your eyes while you walk on the Word. And I promise you that in this storm, it is wet. It is crazy. It is noisy. But if you would fix your eyes on God, He would hold you. Maybe you find yourself having taken your eyes off. That's okay. Peter did. But you know what happened? He cried out. So if you're now feeling dizzy, if you're now feeling nauseous, you're now feeling surrounded, cry out. God is not looking to judge your walk. He's looking to reward your faith. And if you would cry out to God like he did in the first storm, Jesus, the Bible says, stretched out his hand and picked him up, held him and walked him in the middle of what should have drowned him, walked him in the middle of what should have sunk him, walked him in the middle of what was overwhelming and walked him back to the boat. And Peter lives to tell a story that none of us could ever really tell because he chose to not just wake up the word, but walk out the word. And now they're in the boat. Now they're in the boat and it's... Still a little crazy, but the Bible says the winds begin to die down. And as the winds begin to die, suddenly there's a peace. And I want to prophesy over every person today that God is not only bringing the storm to an end. I don't know whether he's going to calm the storm or he's going to cause you to come to walk in the middle of the storm. But there's a peace that you deserve to have in the middle of this thing. We sing the song, I'm going to sing in the middle of a storm. Well, I want to dare you after this, sing in the middle of the storm because God has peace for you. In fact, right now, I want you to just lean your heart in and maybe you don't know God. You're going to get an opportunity to just pray a simple prayer that not only assures you of your eternal salvation, if you mean it with your heart, if you believe it with all your heart, but in this storm, let's have the humility to reach up. Maybe we're sinking. Maybe we tried something. Maybe it didn't work. But I want to also encourage everybody right now online, whether with your, with, your, with your family, your household, your housemates, whoever's with you, wherever you're watching this, whether you're by yourself, don't do the season alone. Don't do the season alone. You know, Hebrews 12 says, therefore we, not I, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, not let me, let us lay aside every weight that ensnares us, let us together, Run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him set, he endured the cross. And you know, I want to encourage you, make sure you do this as a we, as an us. The reason we have opportunities in terms of online connects and, and reach out to somebody. Maybe you're not a part of Kingdom City. Maybe you don't have community. Reach out to somebody. If you don't know anybody, just speak to someone online. Just get, get to, to a place of refuge and trust because God wants to take us through this together. Imagine what would have happened if two other people stepped out with Peter. Not just one guy walked, but two or three walked. They would have held each other. Say, Peter, stop looking at the wind, let's focus. Let's prophesy peace into your home right now. Let's prophesy peace into your boat right now because God is with you. God is for you. And it doesn't matter how crazy it has felt, no matter how mad the storms looked, this is what it should look like on the inside. This is what it should feel like on the inside. Because God is not in a building made by brick and stone anymore. 
He's in the hearts of those who love him. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for peace. For divine peace right now in the heart of every listener who's leaning in in their home because God, you are in our boat. You are on the water. And I thank you that this would be a season where we wake up the word and we walk out the word. God, give us a fresh desire for your word. Let the season not pass with the Bibles asleep on our shelf. Let the season not pass where we live with the same deception of hearing but not doing. Father, give us courage in this season to be truthful and obedient to the only one who calms the storm and the only one who saves us in the middle of it. Father, we just release right now to every home in Africa, in Asia, in Australia, in Europe, in the Middle East, in North and South America, all over the planet, in every island, in every home. Touch everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord, even now. The elderly, I pray especially right now for the elderly. I pray for those above the age of 60 that you would just minister peace into their boat. I thank you, Lord, that the lies, the heaviness, and even the reality of the wind and waves would not drown those who call upon you in this hour. God, we pray for every parent, every child. We pray for every person, no matter how bad or small their storm is. Be real, be in their boat. Father, I thank you for the divine invitation in the middle of the storm that there would be supernatural peace. We wake up your word and we walk it out in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that he loves you very much. So much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.